Louise McSharry on 2FM. Um, now it is time for us to talk about news with the delightful Aoife Moore, political correspondent from the Irish Examiner. Hello, Aoife. Good morning. How's Are it going? Are you feeling delightful this morning, Aoife? I mean, all the Saturdays kind of roll and do one way, don't they? Like, <laughs> it's yes. just to say you're not working, really. Yes. That's it. Yeah, I hear it. Well, it's not even that for me, so... Yeah, apart from no. people you work at the weekends. I know, I know, I know what you mean. Um, but look, sure, aren't we chatting to each other? And I, for one, am delighted about that. Yes, and the weather is really good as well. I think everyone, I live near the coast and I like the road that I live on is just jammed with people on their bikes and out walking and with their dogs and stuff. So that's always good to see people are getting out of the house and stuff. Good. Well, unfortunately, we have to talk about <laughs> COVID-19. <laughs> Yeah, from that from that uh, steady high to this. So, things have not been great. Um, last week, cases, um, they did dip a wee bit, but they're still at over 500 per day. Um, basically, they said now that they think new cases are static. Professor Philip Nolan said um, that he can basically trace it back to increased mobility, you know, people moving around and social mixing. Um, however, you know, numbers in hospitals and intensive care are declining. That'll be from the vaccine rollout. We know that those two things are linked. I think everyone um, is aware that at the NEFIT briefing the other night, Dr. Ronan Glenn, the deputy chief medical officer, asked people to do more or do a wee bit more. Um, it went down like a lead balloon. Yeah, um, it really, <laughs> really did not go down well at all. Yeah, I mean, like everyone, I'd say most people, as you know, are trying their best. Like, for instance, there's a funeral I'm supposed to be at today, which I'm not at. Like, I think everyone could list off like a million things that they've missed. And I think the message, you know, I think Dr. Ronan Gunn became like this lightning rod for fury during the week because he said it. And it was, I suppose, a bit of a kind of silly thing to say. But I think as well with Neffet, they can only say so much. And they're trying to find different ways of saying the same thing over and over and over again you know like wear your mask stay six feet apart all that sort of stuff yeah so I think per Dr Ronan Glenn um I do think it was a silly thing to say but I do think the kind of tidal wave of fury was about much at the same time um, yeah well I think people I think it's it was just as you said a lightning rod and I think people are just so fed up I mean I know I saw someone on Twitter saying that you know people in Dublin have been allowed to leave the county I think six days out of the last 185 like oh it's been a long long road for everyone you know internationally but mm-hmm. in Ireland you know we're really I think we're really feeling it and I think there is also a sense I know there was some frustration around kind of people seeing house parties happening on St. Patrick's Day and stuff like that. And I think there is a sense of the people who are doing the right stuff and doing what we're supposed yeah. to be doing cannot do any more. Yeah, and the people who aren't, aren't listening. So, yeah. you know, it just, I think that's why it hit kind of so badly. Yeah, and like... I suppose Dr. Roman Glenn can't be like, okay, so people who are following the rules, that's great, but I'm speaking directly to yeah. the people who are not following the rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's what it was. But yeah, so basically cases, there are more um, children being referred for tests. Um, Neffet says that's understandable as there are more children, you know, around and mixing with each other as schools go back. They insist that schools are still safe. But the cases are kind of static at the minute. 
And, you know, we've seen media reports, like, from sources basically saying that they're out of ideas when it comes to lockdown. Like, people are so fed up with this stage now. Unless we roll out the vaccine quicker, they really don't think the cases are going to go down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that does seem to be the sense. Well, you know, look, if we can't do anything about that, we can't do anything about that. The only thing we can we can hope for is the vaccine. So what's going on with vaccinations? Okay, so after they suspended the AstraZeneca vaccine for a few days because of blood clots in people under 55 in Norway, um, you know, loads of countries did it, you know, Italy, Germany, Ireland, all suspended the vaccines because of the risk. So what happened was the EMA had like an emergency meeting and they went over all the data and all the reports and basically said, no, they find that the risk far far outweighs uh, or sorry <laughs> the gain far outweighs the risk they said that it's, they didn't find any evidence that it caused blood clots and that Ireland and other countries were would be safe to keep rolling out AstraZeneca mm. so basically they started again and they said that they can catch up this week with AstraZeneca with with the time that they've missed mm. I think for a lot of people, it was just another like eye roll kind of moment of like, right, okay, so we don't have enough vaccines as it is, and now we've stopped using the vaccines that we have. People were still vaccinated with different vaccines when AstraZeneca was suspended, but obviously we know it was a lot lower in number. And then I think when it came out that Ireland only actually doled out 300 vaccines last Sunday, Mm. um, people got really really annoyed and then that paired with a just do more yeah <laughs> statement really didn't help because people say well shouldn't other people would also do yeah. more so but it has been rolled out again you know it's back at the he- uh, the helix today they'll be over i think around four thousand people vaccinated in the helix alone so they are ramping back up they said they're going to make up for lost time and you know it's it's it was with an abundance of caution, but I'm sure if they didn't suspend it, there would also be people saying, you know, I'm a bit worried about this. Why oh, are they definitely. charging on ahead? Yeah, definitely. Totally. Like, I think people have to see that they're taking all of the care because otherwise, if people start doubting the vaccines, then we're really, yeah, you know, there's in trouble. also enough vaccine skepticism. We don't need yeah. to add it. So if it takes a couple of days, they like go and look at the vaccine because there are some concerns and if it's a couple of days it's a couple of days but it's rather that than some people turning up and saying okay I don't want AstraZeneca yeah. I want Moderna or I want Pfizer so yeah. yeah an abundance of caution but maybe that's just the best way to do it. So um, in the States they're doing really well they're well ahead of their vaccine target. Yeah uh, sleepy Joe not so sleepy so <laughs> the US is going to reach their distributing of 100 million vaccines weeks ahead of schedule he basically said at the start of his presidency that he wanted to do it within 100 days Mm. he reckons that it will be it's 58 days and his administration will met their goal Mm. um they've given out so many that they're now giving them uh, millions of jabs to mexico and canada Mm. this caused a bit of a ruckus um during the week because obviously we uh, many people wanted me hall martin to ask joe biden for vaccines during the vaccine meeting yeah yeah, just any have lying around. Um, Michal Martin said after, you know, he doesn't have any vaccines to give. You know, he's not aware um, that the countries are giving their vaccines away. And then like two, three days later, there was a statement saying that uh, America would be giving their spare vaccines to Canada and Mexico, which is understandable because they share borders with both those yeah. countries. 
and a lot of there's a lot of cross border travel etc so it would make sense um to give it to those so I think it was a wee bit embarrassing for Michal Martin because he was like no 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 I don't think they have anything to give away but then when he was asked again he said yeah that they that Canada and Mexico had actually been discussed at the St. Patrick's Day meeting mm. and it was quite clear that he would be giving it to his nearest neighbours which I think is totally understandable. Yeah, like it makes sense and I think the way that we have to look at it is is that the quicker other countries, any other countries get vaccinated, the more vaccines there are available to any of us. So if America gets themselves sorted and then they give their vaccines to Canada and Mexico and then Mexico and Canada get sorted, then maybe they will have some extras for us. You know, And it's... also like there's a lot of like there is like a steady flow of people crossing the border from Mexico into America from like Venezuela and other countries yeah and the this is a really treacherous journey and we know about all the kind of hardship these people face and then even when they come to America so I would assume that a lot of those vaccines they're going to ask them to prioritize around the border yeah um because there's already this steady flow of people and if America is getting a handle on their coronavirus mm. spread they'll want to get a handle on the spread coming from Mexico as well because that's just common sense yeah let's stay in America and talk about what happened unfortunately in Atlanta this week yeah, so I think you'd have to be living under a rock not to have heard about this, but um, there was another mass shooting in America. I think we know obviously there's been less mass shootings because of coronavirus, but um, unfortunately they just haven't stopped. So in Atlanta, Georgia, this uh, white man went into a, a number of massage parlours and he uh, shot uh, eight people. Eight people are dead and six of them are women of Asian descent. Mm. Now, uh, in the days after, you know, the local police came out and said they didn't know if it was a hate crime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at one point, I think the police officer said the guy who did it had just had a bad day. My God, if women went out and when they had bad days and shot eight people, there would be no one left. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the, the Asian American community in America have basically said, listen, we've had a year of this and this is just, you know, we knew this was going to happen eventually since coronavirus. There has been a spike in anti-Asian hate and anti-Asian racism, you know, also, you know, perpetuated by the former president calling it the China virus and Kung Flu, stuff like that. And we've seen, you know, there was an Instagram and social media um, campaign before this even happened about Asian hate and like attacks on Asian people. And now it's kind of culminated in in this. The man who is arrested has admitted to it. However, he said that it was because he had a sex addiction. And he thought if he went to these massage parlors and, I don't know, shot people, that, you know, the, the massage parlors would shut down shut down, and there was nowhere for him to go. Um, a lot of people don't buy this, considering the six women that he killed were all Asian. Mm. Um, so it's an ongoing thing. But basically the FBI have kind of been called on now to tackle this anti-Asian hate crime wave that they're basically seeing in America. And we've seen big statements from Kamala Harris and Joe Biden basically saying we understand the pain, like they're not going to comment on the investigation, but more has to be done for Asian people. Yeah, and we can't, and... you know, we can't pretend as well that this isn't a problem that we have in Ireland um, because it is, and we've talked about it specifically on this programme before, um, and, you know, there has been an increase anecdotally, certainly, um, I don't know if mm-hmm. there's been any actual research done on it, um, of anti-Asian racism in Ireland as a result of corona, Um 
And, you know, it's I, I think it's terrible that this happened, but it's always good when we confront these things. And um, and because we need to pay attention and process the fact that problems are problems and they can't just be ignored. Um, yeah. And so much of it is like saying, well, it's not an issue here. You know, if an Asian person is telling you it is an issue here, don't try and argue with them and say, oh, no, maybe it wasn't, you know, yeah. racist. Maybe the person was just, you know, not a very nice person. Like, as white people, we don't know, so maybe just listen to the person. Yeah, 100%. percent telling you instead of trying to argue them down. Now, before I let you go, I want to talk about the walrus. <laughs> we have to talk about something that is not total I misery, mean, object misery, I, although I don't know how happy the walrus is, actually. I have been back and forth in my head about, should I do the walrus impression on 2FM? But I'm not going to, right? But what? <laughs> if you have a walrus impression, then you need to do... <laughs> The walrus no, impression. No. So if anyone hasn't seen it, oh my God, it's amazing. So if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, a big walrus, he apparently fell asleep on like this ice glacier and ended up off the coast going to Kerry. He's a huge, big thing. Apparently he is really tired. And anyway, RT went down <laughs> to Count to Kerry, went down to Valencia Island and they went round to ask the, the locals, you know, when did you first spot the, the walrus? What happened? And this amazing man, <laughs> this local man, was asked, you know, how did you come to see the walrus? And he said, oh, I was out walking and I was walking down past the coast and I heard, and then he did an impression of the walrus well, making Ethan, noises. I have it here. <laughs> I have it here for us. Uh, suddenly I heard... Suddenly, I heard. Incredible! Wow, that's really good. Um, right. <laughs> but but Aoife, you have two years. Come no, on. I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not. I can't believe you would tease us with this at such a difficult time when know, joy is and... so hard to come by. <laughs> you would not do your walrus impression. Just give us all a tiny bit of joy. I think that's. I'm surprised at you, Aoife Moore. I am surprised when at I you. When I first heard it, I thought it kind of sounded like a frog when okay, he was like, you close your eyes and listen to him. the subject. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did sound like a frog. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I bet your walrus impression is way more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know what's going to happen to the walrus? Is he just Irish I, I now? think they're, yeah, I mean, people are calling him the new fungi. Um, I think they're just going to leave him alone um, from all that I've heard, like, he, I heard that he was really tired at the start and there was um, some fears that he could starve and stuff. Yeah. But as far as I've heard, I think, you know, people will keep an eye on him. But uh, I think we just, we'll just, like fungi, we'll just leave him alone. Yeah. If he stays around, he might make like a tour around yeah. him. But I, I, I don't know. That's, I hope that's the weather the suits him now. That would be my concern, you know, as we yeah, move into I mean, the summer, it might keep it warm for him. I mean, it's hardly going to be like Spain. I think you'll be all right. Aoife, excuse me. I am determined. We are going to have a very warm summer. I, I have decided okay. it. So Fair enough. I will hear no different. Well, Aoife Moore from the Irish Examiner. Thank you so much for all thank of that you. enlightenment. We so appreciate it. Um, have a lovely day and we'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, suddenly I heard... Louise McSherry on 2FM.